the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. The fire of your coming, the glory of your presence, we shake the earth and every heart will know. You are Messiah, Yeshua HaMashiach, Lion of Judah, the God of Israel. Shalom and welcome to Heart of Messiah Radio Broadcast. My name is Steve Weiler and I'm the lead rabbi of Sharesh David Messianic Synagogues. Currently we're serving in Wesley Chapel, St. Pete, South Bay near Riverview and Tampa. We welcome all visitors as we desire to see those who are Jewish and not Jewish worshiping together in unity. We're honored to serve the listening audience of AM 570 WTBN and 910 WTWD, Tampa Bay's Faith Talk. Shalom. What a great privilege it is to uh, be before you this day sharing my heart, what God has shown me. And I pray that you will feel that this is from the Lord. Uh, My message is entitled, uh, Before You Vote, and this is part two. So if you haven't heard part one, feel free. (laughs) We'll look at the biblical values that should motivate us to vote and should direct us on how to vote. I won't endorse a candidate or a party, but I will ask you to think about this election in a different way than you hear about in the media. So let's do what we need to do first, right? Let's pray. Avinu Malkenu, our Father, our King, we love you and praise you and honor you. And Lord, I pray this election would be about you. I pray that our lives would be about you. I pray that your word would just give us what we need to know right from wrong and understand the directions that we should be led. So, Father, we ask in the name of Yeshua that this program would represent you, Lord, and that anything that is not of you would not be heard. And so we bless you, we thank you, and praise you. We look forward to a great week in you as we prepare for these elections. In the name of Yeshua, amen. Okay. Well, um, this is a great time for our rabbis to come visit your churches. If you'd like us to set it up, just call our office, and uh, we also can send you the uh, look. If you want to read uh, scripture in one year, we have a program for that. So all of the Bible in one year, there's no cost. We'll just email it out to you if you're interested. Also, uh, we have something called the Parshas, or Parshot, which just means that the portions that we read in the synagogue each week would be sent out to you. So all of that, you can call Karen, of course, at 813 
831-5673, and she can send these things out to you. You can go to our website, either for heartofmessiah.org or shoreshdavid.org. We love visitors. Come and bring your Jewish friends or have a watch party and watch us on Facebook Live. Our services are Friday night, 7.30, Saturday at 11. And we have other services on in other locations, so feel free to look at our website. Now, our number one challenge, I believe, uh, is learning how to trust God. And as we learn how to trust God, then our number one uh, challenge is to have a godly spirit and character. And we are challenged in that in so many ways. And I pray that those of you in our in the radio audience, most of you, I would think, are people who believe in Yeshua, the Messiah. So uh, we would seek to be godly, right? And some of those characteristics would be obedient and humble and loving and pure and compassionate and patient. I would mention something um, that if you would like to be inspired, you know, I don't know how people talk about you. And I'm not sure how people talk about me, but if you want to hear somebody talk about someone who you say, oh my goodness, what a believer they are, you should listen, go Google or go on YouTube and put the name Laura Wolk, W-O-L-K. She was the first blind clerk at the Supreme Court, now practices law in Washington. She's the one who spoke about Amy Coney Barrett. And the stories that she told were not only amazing, but inspiring. I tell you, my wife and I were practically in tears as we listened to her speak. It's, it's, it's worth your five minutes to find that video. At any rate, we should have people speak about us in that way, right? Because we represent Yeshua. Our world is sending mixed signals that are terrible for our kids, terrible for our society in general. Things are upside down. People making negatives, positives. Look, I don't know if you saw this headline in the Associated Press last week. It said this. It was the hug that may define or doom a long Senate career. So what happened? Well, Democratic Senator Dianne Feinstein of California hugged, oh, can't do that, Republican Senator Lindsey Graham at the uh, confirmation hearings on Amy Coney Barrett. And she publicly thanked the chairman for doing a job well done. She said, this has been one of the best set of hearings that I've participated in. And... So what happened? They called for her ouster from the Democratic leadership. And they said, people all over this her own party, they want her to step down, at least from the Judiciary Committee. Some in leadership said that the problem was that she was too civil, a mark of weakness. Can you imagine? Can you imagine that? Last week, I mentioned this. One of my millennials who's on the mission field for a year wrote this. It's been my desire to seek to understand before 
being understood. I repeat that because I just love that. <laughs> and uh, so, look, I gave this the message of last week to my congregation a little differently, but a little longer, too. <laughs> and uh, I must say, it was, uh, I definitely got some uh, great comments, and then I also got some pushback. And it was interesting because I had to put into practice what I'm saying. I have to understand um, rather than be understood. And then I can speak. So uh, two of my congregants were not happy with the message and two that I know about. (laughs) So I called each of them to get their viewpoint on what was either offensive or inappropriate to them. We had really some excellent conversation. We all learned something. I first had to listen, and uh, sometimes I understood some things I agreed with. Other things were harder for me to understand or agree with. But as I have considered what they said in total, rather than picking on things they said that I disagreed with, I understood some things more clearly, and that was my takeaway. Both of these congregants happened to have been black, and they looked at some things that I said from, I think, their daily personal walk with the Lord, and more importantly, in this sense, a walk in this country. In other words, their daily their happenings in this country. And I was looking at it more from a general approach, you know, from high in the sky kind of thing. Um And what I said was, I don't think, wrong, but I didn't take into consideration the daily rawness that they felt. And so, as I said, good conversations. I think we're in in good relationship. I appreciated their insight and their ability to talk with me honestly without being angry with me. Of course, we talked three days after the message, and they had talked to a number of people first, so I think they uh, vented to them. And normally that would get me upset because you want to talk to the person first who you have a problem with. But actually, those people calmed them down, so by the time they talked with me, we were doing okay with each other. So, look, we must be different. We must be able to love the ones who differ with us politically. We must be able to be patient in discussions. We must not look down on others who think differently. We can't be condescending. We must have humility. Please do not say or even insinuate, and I said this last week, that if someone doesn't believe politically a certain way, they are not believers. We dealt with that scripturally last week listen to the that particular but you you can't say that now in my opinion i mentioned this last week i've expanded the list a little the greatest problems are the biblical for me the biblical issues and the first one you can't fix which is unbelief well certainly elections can't fix it secondly the moral confusion with indifference leading to intentional killing of babies which i talked about last week the breakdown of the family, sexual immorality, gender confusion. My third thought was um, using the poor as political pawns rather than helping to provide basic needs and opportunities for growth. Four, 
dependence on government instead of depending on God, and five, freedom, especially religious freedom for everyone to, of every ethnicity uh, in every walk of life, freedom. So these are the things that I feel the Bible speaks about clearly, though not every issue is quite as clear as others. Because of the way news is reported, it's, it's so hard to know what is actually true. The majority of reporting is so biased. They're trying to prove an, a point. So even research can be skewed. Where do you find the research? So where do you find the truth? Last week, I talked about abortion. Understanding where people stand is, is quite clear. Uh, where the two parties are. And uh, so I think that is, if, if abortion's your big issue, you shouldn't have a problem knowing who to vote for. Um, the breakdown of the family is my issue for this week. And this is a little more cloudy because some things are clear and other things are not. Neither party that I know about is directly trying to stop the decline of the family, which I personally feel is one of the top three largest problems we have in our country. Um, And so, look, I believe that being part of a congregation of faith is helpful. And there, the Republicans seem to emphasize faith more in the public arena. So if that's your issue, then Republicans seem to emphasize it way more than Democrats. One example is the outward display of prayer in the White House. Republicans seem to be more in favor of opening churches up, even during the coronavirus. Now, probably the divorce rate and fathers leaving their families should be addressed by the church rather than the government. The government should be supporting the church, but the, it's really the church's job. Government's not going to be able to do anything there. Neither party is an example currently of unity. This is very disheartening to me because, as we know, God wants unity. Scripture it demands unity. Look, the ability to be in unity with people you disagree with does not seem to be on the politician's agenda. So while President Trump usually gets blamed for his attacking style of speech, we see equal ugliness from Senator Schumer and Nancy Pelosi and Adam Schiff. So I don't think anybody wins in that arena. This problem is part of what is dividing our country even more than actual policy sometimes. We have no role models in how to deal with disagreements because both parties seem to be unhinged, which is a popular word now, and the media is also unhinged. It feels like the people of our country are being given the right also to be unhinged. So at this point, I must point out a biblical truth. It is a scripture I often use, Galatians 6, 1 and 2. Brothers and sisters, if someone is caught doing something wrong, you who are directed by the Spirit, the Ruach, restore such a person in a spirit of gentleness, looking closely at yourself, so you are not tempted also. In other words, if we don't correct somebody in gentleness, looking also at our own 
mistakes, we're going to be tempted, in a sense, to do the same thing that we're actually trying to correct. And verse 2 says, bear one another's burdens, and in this way you fill the instruction or the Torah of Messiah. So does this make sense? Um, So that means believers, we've got to be careful of how we speak about things. Unfortunately, we don't seem to live this way. One of the reasons that believers and others don't live this way is because they feel things should be fair. And if someone is ugly to you, you've got to return the ugliness. Otherwise, it feels like they got the better of you and that wouldn't be fair. However, this is not God's way. Now, as we look at the area of LGBT, it's also very difficult because as you talk about it, other than uh, if you're not supporting that movement, then you're accused of hating. Uh, However, we can't disregard God's instructions for the fear of man or what man's going to say. So we have to learn to love while also being honest about sin. And we're in a culture war, and I have to see which side agrees more with my biblical values. Our culture is changing daily. We must find God's ways to come against this spiral downward. Now, let me give you a crazy example, also from Judge Barrett's uh, uh, hearings. On uh, Barrett used the phrase sexual preference, and during that hearing, a senator said, that's offensive. The next day, okay, the next day, hear me, guys, the Merriam-Webster Dictionary updated its definition, and by the word sexual preference, you, you know, defining preference and having orientation by it, the very next day, they added the word offensive. Now, I find that offensive. (laughs) Gosh, this is what I mean, that the culture is changing daily. Here's a dictionary that we hope our kids want to look at and find out how to spell and define and synonyms and all this other thing. And within a day, the culture changes on the word. This is crazy. We're getting to the point that... (laughs) If, if it's God's view, it's hate speech. Look, our school books are changing. The federal government should just stay out of school completely, I believe. I believe the charter schools and private schools, which the Democrats are unfortunately not supporting, are solutions to the school teaching against biblical values. We see in the Supreme Court in 2013, they uh, did the Defense of the Marriage Act and and further defined it to, it said the, the terms marriage and spouse to apply only to marriages between one man and one woman, but the court said that this is a deprivation of the equal liberty of the person protected by the due process clause of the Fifth Amendment, the federal government must recognize same-sex marriages that have been approved by states. And that was further decided in 2015 in another case. And and uh, so this means that the Supreme Court actually defined what marriage is, or redefined, I should say, because God defined it a long time ago. 
This was one of the largest shifts in our country's culture. Our children are growing up with the understanding that marriage is between two people who love each other and it doesn't matter about their sex. Now, unfortunately, the Democrats support that and the Republicans do not. I think Scripture speaks very strongly and clearly about this. In Leviticus 18.22, you shall not lie with the male as with a woman. It's an abomination. In 1 Corinthians 6, 9, it says, Or don't you know that the unrighteous will not inherit the kingdom of God? Do not be deceived. The sexually immoral, the idolaters, the adulterers. So look, we're not just talking about gender here. We're talking about adulterers too, right? Those who practice homosexuality, the thieves, the greedy, the drunkard, the slanders, the swindlers, none of these will inherit the kingdom of God. Or Romans one twenty six, which says, For this reason God gave them up to shameful passions. Even their women exchanged natural relations for what is against nature. Likewise, the man abandoned natural relations with women and were burning with passion toward one another. Men committing shameful acts with other men and receiving in themselves the due penalty for their error. Look, I'm not saying that homosexuality is the only sin. We are saying that the government is not legalizing lying and stealing. The Supreme Court didn't say lying is is a right. Okay, but they did say it about homosexuality. And the government has changed our culture from Judeo-Christian culture to a secular one, and we did not get to vote on that. However, the presidential election and voting for the Senate and the House is our time to express our opinions. Now, you have to decide as a voter how important this area of your our culture is. I don't know what can be reversed, but for one, I don't want to see it get worse. Okay, our children are learning that it's normal to decide it's their decision whether to be a boy or a girl. Our children are learning it's normal for two boys or two girls to get married. It's normal for a guy to become a girl or vice versa. Look, this country belongs to the people only if they vote about what is important to them, not which presidential candidate they like better. Because that has nothing to do with the culture. Well, it it does a little. But (laughs) sorry about that. But yes, but these are much bigger issues. And if you have issues that are biblical, you feel they're more important than this, then vote that way. You know, what I'm giving you today is my opinion based on what I see. And uh, look, we even changed our our, uh, bylaws in our congregation so that I wouldn't be forced by the government at one day to uh, do a wedding for two men or two women. And there's pressure on pastors that uh, they, if they speak like I'm speaking now, this would be considered for many of them hate speech. So, but for me, how I understand God's will, the most important thing in this election is our culture. Look, I'm not naive. Neither party is, are perfect. But the conservative understanding is way closer to what I believe is biblical. Well, you know what? I I have more to say, but uh, I got to (laughs) stop. So next week we'll finish this up, okay? Uh, 
Thank you so much for listening. I pray if you have comments, both positive and negative, either let Karen know and I can call you back or you can email me. Whatever you want to do, you can email me at rabbi at um, heartofmessiah.org. I just like to pray right now that all my listeners and our country make, Lord, your values, their values, and those values to be how we vote. So we bless you, we thank you, and praise you, Father. And I just pray that you, Lord, will be the first priority of all who have heard my voice this day. And may they grow in their desire to have a heart like your heart, Lord, the heart of Messiah. I pray this in the name of Yeshua. Amen. You are Messiah, Yeshua Mashiach, Lion of Judah. God of Israel